Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Nate, chapter 16. Nate prayed that Adam was lying, or playing some kind of sick joke. Yes, Nate was fully aware that Ramirez was after Darcy and him, but if Adam had hand-delivered a killer to their doorstep, then there would be a bad price to pay. I don't see Ramirez, states. Darcy said, her voice filled with nerves, her breath racing. She dropped to the floor, grabbed the laptop screen, and moved closer, frantically studying it. Nate looked as well and saw the same six screens he had earlier, all showed different parts of the ranch, including the front of the house where Adam was parked. He didn't see Ramirez either, but the thought had no sooner crossed his mind when white static filled the screen. Hell, Ramirez, Darcy murmured, he did this! Maybe. Nate sandwiched a sub between his shoulder and ear and sat next to Darcy, took the laptop and typed in the security codes again to adjust the cameras. Nothing. Ramirez jammed your security system, didn't he? <laughs> Adam asked. The man didn't sound smug. He sounded as concerned as Nate felt. He said he would. Said he had the equipment to do it. Now he can come after you, and you can't even see where he is. How do I know you didn't do this? Nate fired back. After all, you're the one who claims that brought Ramirez is here to the ranch. Nate, men Nate mentally cursed when he tried the codes again, and they failed again. It's not a claim, it's the truth. Adam insisted. I had to bring him here, or he would have killed me on the spot. He broke into my hotel room, put a gun to my head, and forced me to drive him here. I couldn't just let him shoot me. He'll kill you anyway, Nate pointed out. He gave up on, on reactivating the exterior cameras and checked to make sure the intruder alarms for the doors and windows were still armed. Thank God they were. I'm not sitting out here in the open any longer, Adam said. Ramirez could decide to come after me before he finishes you two off. At least that's what Nate thought the man said, but he couldn't be sure because Adam gunned the engine. Darcy's gaze flew, gaze flew to his, and she started to get up from the floor, but Nate caught her shoulder to keep her where she was. Right now, the floor was the best place for her, especially since it meant she was away from the windows. The security system would trigger the alarms if anyone tried to break in, but Ramirez could still shoot through the glass. Adam's getting away, she reminded him. For now, and that's not a bad thing. I don't want to have to deal with him right now. Only Ramirez. Besides, if Ramirez attempted to kill Adam, Nate would have to do something to stop it. He only wanted to concentrate on keeping Darcy and his brothers alive. We need another weapon, he said. He handed her his cell phone. Stay put and call Mason to let him know what's going on. Tell him that Ramirez is probably headed straight for the house. She gave a shaky nod, but her eyes widened when he handed her his gun. It's just a precaution, he added, and maybe it would stay that way, a precaution, but Nate doubted it. Ramirez was a crazy man on a mission of murder. He ran back down the hall while Darcy made the call to Mason. Nate tried to listen to the conversation, but thanks to the relentless storm, Darcy's voice soon faded from hearing range when he hurried into his office, where there were windows. The windows were the reason he wanted Darcy to stay put. Nate tried to make sure Ramirez wasn't lurking outside one of them, but the rain streaks on the glass and the darkness made it impossible, so he stayed low and went to his desk, to the bottom drawer. It had a combination safety lock, and once again the darkness wasn't in his favor, but he finally entered the correct code and jerked open the drawer. Two guns. He slid one in his holster, held on to the other one, and crammed some extra magazines of ammo into his pockets. 
It was more than enough to fight off one man, but Nate had no way of knowing if Ramirez had brought back up. The moment Nate stepped back into the hall, his attention went to Darcy. She wasn't talking on the phone, but she was staring at the laptop screen. Did you get Mason? He whispered also a precaution. Even though it was a long shot, he didn't want Ramirez to hear them I know where to shoot. She nodded, still not taking her wide eyes from the screen. Look, she insisted. Nate cursed. He didn't have to guess that something was wrong. Darcy's expression said it all, and Nate soon knew what had caused her reaction. Five of the security screens were still filled with static, but the sixth was working, working in a bad way. Ramirez's face was on the screen. He was clearly soaked, but he was giving them the slick grin that made Nate want to come through the computer and rid the man of his last breath. Can he see us? Darcy asked. No. The security cameras didn't have a two-way feed, but Nate could certainly see Ramirez. Where is he? Can you tell? She wanted a note. Nate really hated to say this aloud. I can't tell from the screen. Mainly because Ramirez was blocking the entire camera. It's camera five, and it's on this wing of the house. Oh, mercy, she mumbled, and Nate had to agree. Ramirez had gone directly to the spot where they were, and Nate didn't think that was a coincidence. He studied the screen, looking for any sign that the man had an infrared device with him, but Nate could only see that face, that grin, and that evil in his eyes. As a cop, Nate had faced cold-blooded killers before, but Ramirez was the worst of the worst. What's he saying? Darcy asked when Ramirez's lips began to move. There was no audio, but it didn't take Nate long to figure out that Ramirez was repeating the same three words. Ready to die. Judging from the gas Darcy made, she'd figured it out as well. Mason said he'd let everyone know that Ramirez is on the ground, so Darcy relied. They're moving closer to the house so they can try to spot him. Good. That meant in ten minutes or so, Darcy and he would have plenty of backup. Of course, Ramirez might have plenty as well, and he needed to warn his brother that they might be walking into an ambush. Mason would already be prepared for that, but Nate wanted to make it crystal clear. He took his phone back from Darcy, just as Ramirez moved. Ramirez stepped to the side, and Nate then saw the other person behind Ramirez, a man several yards away from the camera, and this man wasn't a stranger, far from it. What the heck is he doing here? Darcy asked. Nate cursed. He wanted to know the same damn thing. Wesley Dent's face stared back at Darcy, but not for long. The screen went fuzzy again. A Ramirez mind game, no doubt. The man was trying to keep Nate and her off kilter. It was working. Instead of focusing on the impending attack, Darcy was wondering what her former client was doing outside the ranch house with Ramirez. Was Dent there to try to kill them, too? And if so, why? She tightened her grip on the gun and hoped she would have answers soon. So much believing in Dent's innocence, he looked pretty darn guilty to her. Crouched next to her, Nate flipped open his phone. You're calling Mason? Darcy asked, but Nate didn't have time to answer. Darcy heard the creaking sound and prayed it was a violent slash of lightning, but no, this was violence of a different kind. A bullet slammed through a window. Nate automatically shoved her lower to the floor, even though they weren't directly in front of the window. Any window, but it was certainly nearby, because she could hear the broken glass clatter to the floor. The guest room, Nate supplied. Her pulse kicked up a notch, and the blood rushed to her head. The guest room was where they'd made love less than a half hour earlier. 
Nate made the call to Mason and warned him what was happening. The moment he ended the call, he moved her, positioning her behind him so that he was facing the side of the house where the shot had been fired. Please tell me Mason is nearby, Darcy was. He's on his way. On his way. Didn't seem nearly close enough. And yet she didn't want Mason or anyone else walking into gunfire. The jolt of lightning lit up the hall, but the crashing noise from the falling thunder was minor compared to the next shot that slammed into the house. More broken glass fell to the floor. That was also in the guest room, Nate explained, took out an extra clip of ammo and handed it to her. Just in case, he added. That gave her another slam of adrenaline, so did the next bullet. No broken glass, just a loud, deadly-sounding thud. Went through the wall. Nate whispered. She could hear the adrenaline in his voice, too, but his hand seemed steady, unlike hers. Darcy was afraid she was shaking too hard to aim straight. The one good thing in all of this was that the children were safe. As bad as it was having Ramirez shoot at them, it would have been a million times worse if Kimmy and Noah had been anywhere nearby. Watch the foyer, Nate instructed, and he angled his body so that his aim was fastened to the guest room door. Darcy turned as well and watched, though it was hard to see anything in pitch black foyer. However, she was certain if Ramirez managed to come through the front door, then she would hear him and the alarms would go off. Another shot slammed through the wall. Beside her, Nate's phone buzzed, and he answered it without taking his aim off the doorway. Since Darcy was so close, she could actually hear the person on the other end of the line. Adam again. You have to let me inside, Adam demanded. I tried to leave, but someone fired a shot at me. Darcy hadn't heard such a shot, but it could have happened far enough away that the storm could have drowned it out. Not a chance. Nate informed him, we're under attack and going to the door to let you in would be suicidal for all of us. Then what the hell am I supposed to do out here? Adam, my advice, keep your voice down so Ramirez doesn't hear you. Then find a place to take cover. Nate didn't wait for Adam to respond. He snapped his phone shut and crammed it back into his pocket. Darcy wanted to ask if Nate thought Adam was in on this or didn't. The next shot stopped her cold. Again, no broken glass. This was a heavy, thudding sound, but in the murky darkness, she saw the drywall dust fly through the air. Oh no, that shot hadn't gone through just the exterior of the wing. It had actually made it through the interior wall. Just a few yards away from them, she heard Nate's suddenly rough breath, and he glanced around as if trying to decide where to move. Any direction could be dangerous. The next bullet proved that. The blast was louder, much louder than the others, and she saw the large hole made in the hall wall. Closer this time, Ramirez is using heavily heavy artillery, Nate whispered. Get all the way down on the floor. But he didn't wait for her to do that. He put his hand on her back and pushed her hard until her face was right against the hardwood, just as another bullet tore through the wall. Sweet heaven, this one was even closer. Maybe Ramirez was using infrared to find them, but if so, why hadn't he just aimed at them right from the beginning? Shush, he heard she heard Nate say, and he brushed the back of his hand over her cheek. Took her a moment to realize he was doing that because breathing was way too fast and shallow. She was on the verge of hyperventilating, and that couldn't happen. She couldn't fall apart because Nate needed her for backup in case Mason didn't get there in time. Darcy concentrated on leveling her breath in her heartbeat. She fixed her mind on Noah's smiling face, Kimmy's, and Nate's too, just like that. Her body started to settle down. She fought to hang on to her newly required composure, even when the next bullet slammed through the wall. This one was just inches away. 
We have to move, Nate whispered, and he caught her arm. Darcy wasn't even off the floor yet when there was another sound. Not a bullet this time. Something much worse. The security alarm blared, the noise seemingly shaking the walls, and she gasped because she knew what that sound meant. Ramirez was inside the house. End of chapter 16